patriotism a menace to liberty part two from anarchism and other essays by emma goldman this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine patriotism a menace to liberty part two we americans claim to be a peace-loving people we hate bloodshed we are opposed to violence yet we go into spasms of joy over the possibility of projecting dynamite bombs from flying machines upon helpless citizens we are ready to hang electrocute or lynch any one who from economic necessity will risk his own life in the attempt upon that of some industrial magnate yet our hearts swell with pride at the thought that america is becoming the most powerful nation on earth and that it will eventually plant her iron foot on the necks of all other nations such is the logic of patriotism considering the evil results that patriotism is fraught with for the average man it is as nothing compared with the insult and injury that patriotism heaps upon the soldier himself that poor deluded victim of superstition and ignorance he the saviour of his country the protector of his nation what has patriotism in store for him a life of slavish submission vice and perversion during peace a life of danger exposure and death during war while in a recent lecture tour in san francisco i visited the presidio the most beautiful spot overlooking the bay and golden gate park its purpose should have been playgrounds for children gardens and music for the recreation of the weary instead it is made ugly dull and grey by barracks barracks wherein the rich would not allow their dogs to dwell in these miserable shanties soldiers are herded like cattle here they waste their young days polishing the boots and brass buttons of their superior officers here too i saw the distinction of classes sturdy sons of a free republic drawn up in line like convicts saluting every passing shrimp of a lieutenant american equality degrading manhood and elevating the uniform barrack life further tends to develop tendencies of sexual perversion it is gradually producing along this line results similar to european military conditions havelock ellis the noted writer on sex psychology has made a thorough study of the subject i quote some of the barracks are great centres of male prostitution the numbers of soldiers who prostitute themselves is greater than we are willing to believe it is no exaggeration to say that in certain regiments the presumption is in favour of the venality of the majority of the men on summer evenings hyde park and the neighbourhood of albert gate are full of guardsmen and others plying a lively trade and with little disguise in uniform or out in most cases the proceeds form a comfortable addition to tommy atkins pocket money to what extent this perversion has eaten its way into the army and navy can best be judged from the fact that special houses exist for this form of prostitution the practice is not limited to england it is universal soldiers are no less sought after in france than in england or in germany and special houses for military prostitution exist both in paris and the garrison towns had mr havelock ellis included america in his investigation of sex perversion he would have found that the same conditions prevail in our army and navy as those of other countries the growth of the standing army inevitably adds to the spread of sex perversion the barracks are the incubators aside from the sexual effects of barrack life it also tends to unfit the soldier for useful labour after leaving the army 
men skilled in a trade seldom enter the army or navy but even they after a military experience find themselves totally unfitted for their former occupations having acquired habits of idleness and a taste for excitement and adventure no peaceful pursuit can content them released from the army they can turn to no useful work but it is usually the social riff-raff discharged prisoners and the like whom either the struggle for life or their own inclination drives into the ranks these their military term over again turn to their former life of crime more brutalized and degraded than before it is a well-known fact that in our prisons there is a goodly number of ex-soldiers while on the other hand the army and navy are to a great extent supplied with ex-convicts of all the evil results i have just described none seems to me so detrimental to human integrity as the spirit patriotism has produced in the case of private william buwalda because he foolishly believed that one can be a soldier and exercise his rights as a man at the same time the military authorities punished him severely true he had served his country fifteen years during which time his record was unimpeachable according to general funston who reduced buwalda's sentence to three years the first duty of an officer or an enlisted man is unquestioned obedience and loyalty to the government and it makes no difference whether he approves of that government or not thus funston stamps the true character of allegiance according to him entrance into the army abrogates the principles of the declaration of independence what a strange development of patriotism that turns a thinking being into a loyal machine in justification of this most outrageous sentence of buwalda general funston tells the american people that the soldier's action was a serious crime equal to treason now what did this terrible crime really consist of simply in this william buwalda was one of fifteen hundred people who attended a public meeting in san francisco and oh horrors he shook hands with the speaker emma goldman a terrible crime indeed which the general calls a great military offence infinitely worse than desertion can there be a greater indictment against patriotism than that it will thus brand a man a criminal throw him into prison and rob him of the results of fifteen years of faithful service buwalda gave to his country the best years of his life and his very manhood but all that was as nothing patriotism is inexorable and like all insatiable monsters demands all or nothing it does not admit that a soldier is also a human being who has a right to his own feelings and opinions his own inclinations and ideas no patriotism cannot admit of that that is the lesson which buwalda was made to learn made to learn at a rather costly though not at a useless price when he returned to freedom he had lost his position in the army but he regained his self-respect after all that is worth three years of imprisonment a writer on the military conditions of america in a recent article commented on the power of the military man over the civilian in germany he said among other things that if our republic had no other meaning than to guarantee all citizens equal rights it would have just cause for existence i am convinced that the writer was not in colorado during the patriotic regime of general bell he probably would have changed his mind had he seen how in the name of patriotism and the republic men were thrown into bullpens dragged about driven across the border and subjected to all kinds of indignities nor is that colorado incident the only one in the growth of military power in the united states 
there is hardly a strike where troops and militia do not come to the rescue of those in power and where they do not act as arrogantly and brutally as do the men wearing the kaiser's uniform then too we have the dick military law had the writer forgotten that a great misfortune with most of our writers is that they are absolutely ignorant on current events or that lacking honesty they will not speak of these matters and so it has come to pass that the dick military law was rushed through congress with little discussion and still less publicity a law which gives the president the power to turn a peaceful citizen into a bloodthirsty man-killer supposedly for the defence of the country in reality for the protection of the interests of that particular party whose mouthpiece the president happens to be our writer claims that militarism can never become such a power in america as abroad since it is voluntary with us while compulsory in the old world two very important facts however the gentleman forgets to consider first that conscription has created in europe a deep-seated hatred of militarism among all classes of society thousands of young recruits enlist under protest and once in the army they will use every possible means to desert second that it is the compulsory feature of militarism which has created a tremendous anti-militarist movement feared by european powers far more than anything else after all the greatest bulwark of capitalism is militarism the very moment the latter is undermined capitalism will totter true we have no conscription that is men are not usually forced to enlist in the army but we have developed a far more exacting and rigid force necessity is it not a fact that during industrial depressions there is a tremendous increase in the number of enlistments the trade of militarism may not be either lucrative or honourable but it is better than tramping the country in search of work standing in the bread-line or sleeping in municipal lodging-houses after all it means thirteen dollars per month three meals a day and a place to sleep yet even necessity is not sufficiently strong a factor to bring into the army an element of character and manhood no wonder our military authorities complain of the poor material enlisting in the army and navy this admission is a very encouraging sign it proves that there is still enough of the spirit of independence and love of liberty left in the average american to risk starvation rather than don the uniform thinking men and women the world over are beginning to realize that patriotism is too narrow and limited a conception to meet the necessities of our time the centralization of power has brought into being an international feeling of solidarity among the oppressed nations of the world a solidarity which represents a greater harmony of interests between the working man of america and his brothers abroad than between the american miner and his exploiting compatriot a solidarity which fears not foreign invasion because it is bringing all the workers to the point when they will say to their masters go and do your own killing we have done it long enough for you this solidarity is awakening the consciousness of even the soldiers they too being flesh of the flesh of the great human family a solidarity that has proven infallible more than once during past struggles and which has been the impetus inducing the parisian soldiers during the commune of eighteen seventy one to refuse to obey when ordered to shoot their brothers it has given courage to the men who mutinied on russian warships during recent years it will eventually bring about the uprising of all the oppressed and downtrodden against their international exploiters the proletariat of europe has realized the great force of that solidarity 
and has as a result inaugurated a war against patriotism and its bloody spectre militarism thousands of men fill the prisons of france germany russia and the scandinavian countries because they dared to defy the ancient superstition nor is the movement limited to the working class it has embraced representatives in all stations of life its chief exponents being men and women prominent in art science and letters america will have to follow suit the spirit of militarism has already permeated all walks of life indeed i am convinced that militarism is growing a greater danger here than anywhere else because of the many bribes capitalism holds out to those whom it wishes to destroy the beginning has already been made in the schools evidently the government holds to the jesuitical conception give me the child mind and i will mould the man children are trained in military tactics the glory of military achievements extolled in the curriculum and the youthful minds perverted to suit the government further the youth of the country is appealed to in glaring posters to join the army and navy a fine chance to see the world cries the governmental huckster thus innocent boys are morally shanghaied into patriotism and the military moloch strides conquering through the nation the american workingman has suffered so much at the hands of the soldier state and federal that he is quite justified in his disgust with and his opposition to the uniformed parasite however mere denunciation will not solve this great problem what we need is a propaganda of education for the soldier anti-patriotic literature that will enlighten him as to the real horrors of his trade and that will awaken his consciousness to his true relation to the man to whose labour he owes his very existence it is precisely this that the authorities fear most it is already high treason for a soldier to attend a radical meeting no doubt they will also stamp it high treason for a soldier to read a radical pamphlet but then has not authority from time immemorial stamped every step of progress as treasonable those however who earnestly strive for social reconstruction can well afford to face all that for it is probably even more important to carry the truth into the barracks than into the factory when we have undermined the patriotic lie we shall have cleared the path for that great structure wherein all nationalities shall be united into a universal brotherhood a truly free society End of Patriotism, A Menace to Liberty, Part 2 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine